Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter Les Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce, Season 1, Episode 3. It is called The Principle Is All. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. Uh, first of all, apologies, this is a day later than usual. Um, that was just kind of an unfortunate side effect of Connor being kind of uh, not quite away, but busy for the weekend, so we couldn't do anything. Uh, and then last night we had time for one thing, and unfortunately uh, that meant no time for this, but typically it'll be back on its regular day. Uh, from here on out. But yeah, so this is episode 3. This is kind of... I would say this mostly moved along everything we've already kind of set up uh, in the previous yeah, two episodes. Definitely. It felt, felt like everything everything kind of nudged forward a bit. Um, biggest thing being the bar being open. We did get one or two new characters introduced who I think, to varying extents, will become either small or large players mm. in some capacity. Uh, so we'll do what we did the last couple of weeks. We'll just take it kind of character by character plot because that's typically how it, it breaks up. Obviously, some of them intertwine a bit, but yeah, they're getting a bit closer. Feels like it's going to be only a matter of time before we're we're not able to do this so much. Well, that's the thing because the episode kind of ends. The, the the bar opens the new bar, the uh, the high top. I think it was hi hat, the hi hat bar. Do you remember the name? The name. Remember the name. No. No, I, I think it was the hi hat. Uh, uh, they never said it out loud, I don't think. I just I remember seeing the sign, and they're just like, oh, it's a hi-hat, right? Um, so, yeah, so the bar opens towards the end of the episode, and it's kind of... I, th- I thought I had this kind of... Not weird, but... Almost a safe haven kind of feel to it. Like, everyone kind of came there, and it was like, oh, this is okay. This is a way... The street's dangerous, but in here, things are more safe. Now, I know that's maybe a weird thing to say, given one of the things that almost happens in, in the bar. I'm not forgetting that. But the fact that that itself is diffused and doesn't happen, it's like, no, no, this place is kind of, we keep this safe. This is a, a little place where we can all go, all the characters yeah. can. I see the cops coming in probably later on as well. They weren't here in this scene, but I can see them coming in here and getting a drink. You know, we had regular people, we had the, the pimps and the prostitutes, we had mobsters, we had, you know, all yeah, different. Yeah, a bit of everyone. Uh, even some of the old gay clientele were back. Like, you know, mm. there was a whole, whole uh, entourage of people. And... This is the thing, is Vincent was kind of making it all work. He was making everyone kind of feel welcome and friendly, and uh, Rudy pops in for a minute and even watches as he sort of like gives a couple of people some free drinks. And you almost think he's going to get about, hey, wait a minute, uh, should you be giving out free drinks here? I've got, I've got an investment in this place. But no, he's like, no, he's doing, he's doing his job. This is what, what yeah, he got he, him for. He, he gets it. You get you, yeah. you give him some free things, form a relationship, and keep him around. Keep them happy. Yeah, he's, you know, especially an opening night. You want to keep, Exactly. Let make it, come you make back. a big deal of it. Because it didn't start off so great. They had that nice big long wide shot of everyone who was there to be a waiter or waitress and them all just sitting around doing nothing that it was meant to yep. be open. But sure And enough, then you have the, the, the one guy come in. Uh, you open? Uh, yeah. <laughs> pick a waiter. Have your pick. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but no, so, so very, very uh, happy in that sense. Uh, so I, I guess we'll stay with, uh, with uh, Vincent and Frankie since we that kind of leans into them more than anyone else. So they're basically just getting the place ready to open up. Um, however, F- Frankie has a couple of incidents along the way. As as is to be expected. And I, I think it's a good sign of the, the character reign at this point. Is you know, So that this big guy comes in and... Um, I'll admit I was a little bit confused at first because I thought all the machines, you know, the, uh, the jukebox and the, the, the pill table and whatnot... I thought those were already belonging to Rudy because remember Rudy's whole thing is that that was a big you know he was going to take his inv- that was a big part of his investment is that he was going to get all the, the profits from those that's what he was excited about yeah um, now it became clear as the episode went on well this wasn't his machine yet he was going to put his own in and that's you know 
what was there yeah. by the end of the episode. But this big guy comes in and he's like, oh, these are my machines, this is, you're cutting me out. I'm your partner, basically. He's trying to force his way in, say, no, 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 you don't know who you're messing with, this is my thing. And clearly Frankie, and we've kind of seen, you know, the fact that he's been in trouble with so many mobsters and, you know, loan sharks and gambling debt and all the rest of it, we kind of quickly see why he is the way he is, or why he gets into so much trouble, because he very quickly is like, oh, no, 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 you don't come in here and threaten us, and he just starts, you know, wrecking wrecking all the machines. This is, this is actually after he's already, like, stole all the money out of them. He, he, he took yeah, a crowbar, because yeah. he, he lost all his money in the poker game, and he's like, no, no, I'll just jimmy these open a little bit. Um, which is where I was a little bit confused, because I thought, oh, is Rudy going to be pissed about this? But then Vincent didn't seem... I mean, he was if anything, he was impressed that he thought of this. Yeah, he was, was like, a, you lucky bastard. Yeah, that, that was kind of his reaction, but... So... But no, so he, he comes in here, and he makes, he makes these threats, and Frankie uh, does this, and just outright pisses him off, and Rudy kind of sorts it out. Rudy goes to see these other guys who are involved, and he, he takes Vincent, mm. and we don't really see that conversation take place. No, I just, don't really need to, though. No, we don't. We, we see kind of the build-up to it. We see we see Vincent going there, being told. Yeah. Being treated like scum, basically. You know, go and sit over there. Don't stand mm. here like an idiot. And then, don't sit over there like an idiot. Come over here. and that, That's kind of all we see of it. Uh, maybe, maybe showing again just how much of a small fish he is. Uh, you know, cause yeah, la- he's, I think, he's new to this. Yeah, last week I think we said, you know, Rudy's kind of his pimp, but it's kind of like that. It's, it's like these are the other pimps and they're, they're treating him like one yeah. of the girls. That That's kind of like how it feels in, in that scene. Uh, but of course, the reason why I'm putting so much effort into explaining all this is because this, this big guy with the beard shows up on opening night, tries to pick more of a fight. And, you know, Vincent, in his way, again, he tries to kind of just smooth it yeah, over. Hey, I'll give uh, you a, hey, drink. a drink. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying to, like, you know, be friendly with them and try and make it. He's like, yeah, that's, I know it sucks for you, but, like, I never made a deal with you. Like, I, I made a deal with these other guys who owned the place. Like, just because you had a deal with who previously owned the place doesn't really have any bearing on me. Like, why should it? Yeah. But, you know, he's trying to be friendly, he's trying to offer him a drink, and uh, this is when, actually, our new character, Mike, um, who I recognised immediately, as soon as I seen him, from Quarry, uh, yeah. I can't remember his character's name uh, from Quarry, because I've, I've forgotten all the character names from Quarry, outside of Quarry, <laughs> because it's been a while now, but uh, he, he, he was good in that, he, he uh, was like a, kind of, not hitman, per se, but he, he, he worked for a a mob boss yeah. kind of thing, and he, he did, did sort of reconnaissance jobs and occasionally hits. But he he's introduced here, and he actually Vincent's doing his, his sweet talking thing down the other end of the bar, and this guy with the beard pulls out a gun, and Mike like bursts into action and like dearms him and like throws the gun back down the the bar. Because I, I think what I like about this is that we can tell that's who pulled out the gun. But from Vincent's point of view, you can t- tell it's actually a lot more muddy than that. He's not actually sure who pulled out the gun and who's... It's it's very corner of the eye, there's a gun, now it's sliding down the table. What just happened? Yeah, you hear one gunshot, it hits like, the mirror or whatever behind the bar, yeah. and it slides down. And he gets the sense of who was the one doing the protecting and who the one was doing the, the violence, but... Yeah, a little bit of uh, you know, context and... Oh, yeah. hang on, this guy's not happy with me. Maybe it was him with the gun. Exactly. That's why at the end, because he seems to offer him a job. It feels like he's offering him a bouncer job. That, that uh, was the, what I got as well. But at the end, when like he's 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 walking out and he's saying, "Hey, like you know, I'll see you tonight," and or, not, or before that, when he goes out to see him when he's trying to leave and offers him the the gig, he says, "Ah, so that wasn't your gun then?" And he's like, "No, of course it wasn't." Like you know, he, he knew, but he was asking anyway. It was kind of like just. Just, yeah, just to confirm things. It, it was it was more like he knows, but he wants him to know by asking, if that makes sense. 
Oh, the fact yeah. that he's even asking is him letting him know that he knows. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like just not saying what he thinks. It's actually like he has to dress it up and and yeah, like no, I, I get casual it. speak, I guess. Um, uh, but I think obviously the extra layer to this though is we already seen him in this episode. Mike, we already seen earlier on. We've seen him getting some drugs off of a drug dealer. Uh, I, I really like that the drug dealer rhymes. Did, did you like that? <laughs> I did. It was like, yeah, what, what do you want? He's got, I got weed, I got speed. You know, he's, he, he did this whole little prepared rhyme. It was pretty good. He takes his job seriously. He does. I think that's what that is. But he, he uh, so, so he ends up getting like really hopped up in whatever it is, like sort of paranoid and freaked out. And he's very intimidating. He's mm. a big guy. You know, he's a big like six foot he five is, yeah. guy or whatever he is. And very intimidating. He's got the guy in a chokehold and he, he kind of like talks his way out of it and runs off. And, at first that seems very random it's like okay we've never seen this character before who is this guy and then the next time we see him he interacts with Candy like he just like she's arguing with some other guy in a car he's like oh you want $10 what no what am I like you know the discount store right drives off and she turns around and she sees him and she's like oh another prospective client and she makes the proposition as she does but once she gets close and once he looks back at her and he, she sees his eyes he looks dangerous he looks intimidating so she actually backs away slowly and even, you know, crosses the street to get away from him. And I actually really liked this scene. And it was actually quite surprising where it went with Mike for the rest of the episode because at this point, I'm like, man, are they, are they really he going down like this? He seems a threat, doesn't he? I was like, obviously we're going to talk about how dangerous the streets are. We've talked a lot since the show started about it seems all this, like, not glamorous necessarily, but, you know, good on the surface. Like, there's a lot of reasons why this is a nice life or and he's style on the surface, but there's all this undercurrent of danger from the pimps and stuff like that. But then there's this other layer where, no, there could just be someone dangerous on the street. And I, th- I think for Candy's character, it, it also is like, this is another reason why she wants out of this. It's not, it's not just that what she's doing is illegal or it, that it's demoralising or whatever. Or it's this as well. There's a danger to it. Yeah, and obviously that's backed up by the the other guy who gets presumably killed on the street. Yeah, yeah, she sees someone else get stabbed later in the episode. Again, yeah, very random. Everyone just walks off and leaves him. Yeah, she stays the longest. She lingers a little bit longer. She's kind of taking it in, but then she just like everyone else just walks on off into the night. But so so yeah, go back to Mike. So I'm thinking, all right. So are we, are we going to go down this? Or there's someone out there who might start killing the prostitutes? Is is because I presume we're going to have to do this at some point. There's going to be someone that dangerous out there. Yeah, uh, it. It, it still could be him in a weird way because I think. That's what makes this scene uh, in the bar later on, and just the fact that he's offered this recurring gig, this job, where that's where he'll be, and it's like he's earned Vincent's trust, but we already yeah. know that he's on. He's not. He's, he's not it's stable. Not necessarily, yeah, stable was the word I was going to say there. Ex- exactly. It's... We've seen that he, like, can they recognise in him that, that he is maybe dangerous, uh, intentionally or not? But is you know. But alternatively, does this job give him you know a, a focus and outlook? So that he he isn't then because yeah. he has you know somewhere to direct all this. Maybe maybe I, I don't know, but I, I think that they've definitely made a choice in showing us this first and yeah. saying this this is your first glimpse of this person is him being paranoid high in like yeah. that dangerous look in his face and scaring Candy that much like this is they made a choice by saying this is what he is before we get the scene where so because if we just if we didn't have that if we just got the scene where he was in the bar. And he helped, you know, he protected Vincent and then he got offered the job. He'd be like, oh, he seems like a, a little bit quiet and mysterious. You know, seems like... But he, a stand-up dude. Yeah. Whereas, there's this undercurrent now because of what we've seen and it just adds yeah. this layer to it. 
uh, which I, I, I do think it's interesting like. that they went that way around in the sense that we're talking about, you know, the, the show as a whole being mm. all oh, this lifestyle seems glamorous and then goes underneath. Whereas here it did it the other way around. You know, it showed us the, mm. the underbelly first and then showed us what, what is kind of the, the, the public persona. Do you, do you know what I think that is, though? I think that's more from Vincent's perspective. Because for Vincent's perspective right now, everything's great. He's in the, again, comparing him to being a prostitute and really being the pimp. The bar right now is like, oh, this is great. Life is on top. And uh, this is the glamour of what I was promised and what I was sold. But it's things like finding out your new bouncer is actually this dangerous guy. Um, realizing that one small thing goes wrong and then Rudy's maybe not as friendly as he was and yeah. like all these things, like the undercurrents there and I feel like it's it's adding it's piling on all the things that might go wrong for him down yeah. the line. Because uh, the way I was thinking about it as I was watching it is that especially when we bring in the brother in law, we bring in Bobby and what happens with him in this episode, it really feels like man, they're on thin ice. As much as everything seems great and it's great to be working slightly outside the law for all these extra you know, benefits you know, one one thing goes wrong and it could all tumbling tum, tumbling down. You know, yeah, yeah, a domino effect sort of thing. If I can say that sentence properly, that is. Uh, but yeah, so so Bobby, like we see him stressing out his work and having to climb stairs, and we can see that he's very unfit. Admittedly, though, like I feel like there was no time in my life I could climb that many stairs and be. Uh... Stairs are a bitch. Stairs are going downstairs is great. Down, down is fantastic. Up's a pain in the ass. There was a time I could run like five miles, no problem, but then I'd have to climb like twelve flights of stairs to to get to 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 my where, where I was living, and it's just like, nope, not doing it. This nah. is I'm dead now. No, nah, twelve. I think once you're over three or four, it's like okay, now what? I'll wait for the the elevator. It's fine. Yeah, the the building I was in, like the the lowest apartments, were on the fifth floor. Oh. Yeah, and it was... Oh, that was a bitch. Yeah, no. 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 So, <laughs> we see, we see that very well, and it's bringing some sort of... Uh, just to some of the sort of the context of the, the world right now and the time, because he, he's given some guy that's working for him... Remember, he's a contractor, he's, and one of these workers is causing sort of disruptions with the other, the other crewmen because... He's given all of his opinions of why America shouldn't be in the Vietnam War and all this, and he's he's criticizing the president and so on and so forth, and that's causing conflict. And he's like, "Can you just keep your mouth shut? Like, I, I you're opinionated, right? Fine, but you're just causing trouble at work. Just do, do you know what else is the biggest? Uh, the other thing that sticks out as, oh, this is this is a different time. Oh, sure, yeah. Ev- everyone smoking indoors. Oh, of course, yeah. That, that's brought up repeatedly in this episode. Yeah, uh, which is especially funny because um, Abby. Uh, is bothered by it, but then she goes outside and starts smoking immediately. It's like, well... <laughs> well, she wasn't bothered by it. She just didn't like the office. She's like, nah, I don't want to work here. I want an excuse. I know, but it made it made the whole point of her, like, uh, like sort of going like that and thinking yeah. it away. It, it, it did seem like it was a factor. But then she went out and started... And I, yeah, I just... see, when it played like that, I just assumed it was a joke. Like, And she was just putting it on to get out of there. No, to, to be fair, like, I, I sort of laughed at it as a punchline as well, but at the same time, I'm thinking, like, is it almost like a little bit of hypocrisy here? That they were mm. kind of pointing out. No, I see what you're saying. You know, I just I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but uh, so so yeah, he has a heart attack. Basically, <laughs> is what we're getting to. Yeah, uh, and you can almost see it coming. It, it was almost like a joke in and of itself. The punch, like, because he's like, no, that's not how you lift a box. You college-educated little shit. That's how you do it. You you crouch. Squat. It, squat. Sorry. Tell uh, you don't lift. If, do you even lift, bro? No. 
<laughs> not really. St- Shows. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, so, honestly, I probably left like the other guy to try to, to be honest, whatever I do. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you, you, you would kill your back. It, well, it depends how heavy it is. No, no. Seriously, people, do not lift like that. No matter how heavy, you will hurt your back. Eh. Whatever. My back's screwed anyway, it's fine. Um, What was I getting to? Oh, yeah, heart, heart attack. attack. Punchline. Yeah. Right, so he's like, oh, this is how you do it, and then he has a heart attack when he tries. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in a, a sort of dark kind of way. But he goes to hospital, and again, everyone's smoking in the hospital, and uh, he's okay, but I was just thinking, man, like if he dies, like their whole deal with the, the paychecks, like because he was yeah. the one who had access to the the payroll, like yep. does that come crumbling down? What what does that do? Uh, although alternatively, I'm wondering, will it matter that much if that does stop? Like by the by the time that that ends, will the bar be up and running, making enough money that Rudy mm. will be like, oh, it's fine, okay, we've got this. This is what this is the focus. That was just a an entryway. Oh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but still, so, something else to keep in mind. Uh, so, yeah, we'll jump over to Candy. Because Ca- Candy, again, very much down the path that she was on uh, last episode, where she's actually she's asking questions about the porn industry. <laughs> How is it working right now? What are the rules? What can you do? What can't you do? And she's taken to this recording of a... or the, the filming of a, a porn sh- shoot. Except... Uh, we find out that it's not actually get any film in the camera. It's pre- presented as a sh- shooting of a por- pornographic film, but it's actually just a live show for the people who pay to get in and see it. And you can see you can see their eyes light up because this is all explained to her. They're watching it, and the, the director's yelling out some directions to the actors. Mm. You know, smack her. You know, say your line. It was uh, the plumber's laying his pipe. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Plumber's laying. No more emotion. The plumber's laying his pipe. That's more like it. <laughs> Um, so, but you can see her eyes light up as she realizes, oh, they're charging forty dollars a head for all, and she's looking around the room, and it's like, oh, there's like sixty people in here. Mm. <laughs> like, that's a that's a lot of money, and all they're doing is watching. But like, I usually have to do yeah, things. Yeah, with... they're not even. Nothing is getting done with them. They're just yeah. standing there. Yeah. So, so even though she's like, okay, you only pay once, but you could potentially, she can see the. The, it's a good paycheck for just once. Yeah, the multiplication of like what you could do with it, and the fact that most of these people aren't even getting near you, and especially since it feels like the conversation she has later with this guy who is directing this this charade, Harvey, is very much like she doesn't necessarily want to be the one performing. She's actually looking at more as a I want to be the the one making this and yeah, doing she, it. She wants to be the director raking in the forty ahead. Yeah, because he says, oh yeah, if you come and do a show, if you if you're the actress, I'll pay you ten ahead, which. And she criticizes that, and I'm like, no. I mean, if you if you sort of divvy it up between all the people involved, because there's the other actor on the scene for a start, then you've yeah. got him who set it all up. Uh, no, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, that, you know, twenty for him, ten for the two actors. No, but also what about the location? Probably to rent the. Well, yeah, but that would yeah. just, you'd assume that would come out of the director's share, like you oh, know, sure. he'd, he'd yeah, account okay. for all that. But I'm just saying, like, if you actually divvy it up, that's probably. Yeah, it's it's pretty reasonable, and and he points out it's like, hey, that's like six hundred dollars for you know yeah. an hour and a half. That's that's pretty good pay. Yeah, um, but she's not like super sold in that. But she's still interested, and she asks these other questions. She's because she's she, she's like, oh yeah, we can't show this and that, but they can do that elsewhere. Like, other countries can show that. It's it shouldn't surely it's not that long till we can do that here, and we we can do that kind of thing. And she's kind of predicting that she, 
that they can and again maybe it shows that she is a bit more of a forward thinker she's a she's kind of and it's not even just like a hope you can get the sense that she's really thought about it and that this is going to happen at it, some it, point it's like she says it's like you know okay this is america they're, they're doing it there it's only a matter of time till we see the market and do it ourselves yeah so again just this all this uh by the way the guy she's talking to harvey um, it's not, but I was referring to him in my head the entire time as chubby uh, Jake Johnson because he looked and sounded like him. He did, and there was a second, you know, you know, when you first see him, where you do a double take. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, he, he looks like a chubby Jake Johnson. He even sounds like him, which is the, the crazy part. He's got a very similar voice, but uh, it's not. But it was just again, it's uh, you know, after last episode when the, the Karate Kid made a, an appearance, like I'm. I'm you know, yeah, eyes eye peeled. There. Anyone could be here. Yeah, anyone could be showing up. But so, so no. So her, her stuff was progressing nicely with that. But obviously, the stuff with her later was all the again. It was all the reasons to get out of what she's doing. Now it's mm-hmm. like you know, the 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 danger of the streets. And she wants to transition to no. I want to be doing something that's a little bit safer and is potentially going to make a lot more money. It's actually more yep. of a business than it is just me doing something once per exchange of money. Yeah, and, and like she says, she wants the skills regardless, because even if this doesn't you know, take off as an industry in, in this country, mm. she's like, oh, well, I, I can still use those skills elsewhere. They're transferable. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. She says she'll go and work for Disney, which, you know... Ambitious. It's a, it's a funny one to pick right off the bat, going straight from the porn to the Disney, but hey, why not? It can happen. So, no, so that, that was pretty much candy stuff. Um, Abby had a lot more to do this episode. Abby, last episode we just kind of seen that she quit college. She sort of went to live on her own, and she was going to look for a job. Here we actually got the job search. We had the you know the whole interview where everyone was smoking, and she was kind of against it, and she had no experience for the job anyway. She ends up at a sort of telemarketer kind of job where she's on the phone all day trying to like sell stuff to people, and it's pretty soul destroying. And it you know, but it's, it's pretty much like every telemarketing scene you ever you've ever watched. Yeah, well, they just look miserable, and the person on the phone's awful, awful to them. Which, to be fair, I don't blame the person on the phone for being awful to them because it's really annoying. Well, I think that that's that's always the great thing about these scenes. You you're in the character on the phone scene here. You're in their head, but and even they know it's like, yeah, no one wants to be bothered by this shit. Yeah, I've just got to do it. No one does, but. Um... She, she kind of flirts a little bit with this guy who's also working there, who's also hating it. They end up... She quits. She makes a big scene of it. She kind of like, you know, the, the, the supervisor's up in the sort of balcony looking down at them all. And she, like, you know, throws her papers up in there. And it's like this big scene of it because she's making a dramatic exit. But they, they end up uh, having a bit of a one-night stand. And he's a bit of a dickhead and steals all of the money she had. So she's completely broke now. She had a little bit of money from her mother from before. Yep. Now she has nothing. And this is where she actually goes to try and find Vincent. This is where she, she's like, getting the idea, where can, I, where can I get some work? And she actually goes to the old place first, and then gets directed to the new place. And she's, at first she's just, she, she's like, all I've got is the waitressing jobs with the, the skimpy outfits, so that's all that's there. She's not for it, she leaves, but she immediately walks back in. <laughs> because... She's like, God damn it, fine. Yeah, she, she has no options at this point. She's, she's trying to, like be above that line where she, you know, she's she got this line for herself where she doesn't want to sing below but she's on the way out maybe realises okay I'm at that point because this is yeah. this is how bad things are right now um, and I, actually I think she's a very interesting addition to this because going back to all these scenes at the end when again it's everyone's most of the characters are there because we've got some of the 
prostitution the pimps come in. Abby's there, who's been very separate from all this outside of her interaction with Vincent from before. And she's, you know, she talks to Darlene. She talks about the book. She's, uh, which by the way, one of our uh, commenters guessed the book exactly because uh, it was the movie. Think. It was the movie she was watching with the guy in the previous episode. And someone said, "Oh, I bet she's reading the book," because the guy mentioned there was a book first. Uh, nicely done. Kudos. Uh, but Abby notices the book and she sort of exchanges some words with her, which really upsets Larry. Larry's watching from afar. He's like, "What's going on here?" She's making friends. And I, I like that this completely makes sense because obviously Abby was you know, English literature. Yeah. That's what she was studying. So of course she's going to go over and you know see the book and go, "Oh, here's, here's someone who is on my level, so to speak." You know, it's a common interest. Yeah, and I think Larry fears that because if Darlene realizes that's where. Like she is and where she fits in, that she's going to start wanting to not be a part of this world anymore. Yeah. She's going to want something better for herself, and uh, you can kind of see that fear on his face. So it's it's not even just the the reporter who we do see is talking to someone else in this episode. She goes to a different prostitute and pays her for her time and gets some information. And that was basically all that scene was. It was just to show that this is still an ongoing thing, yeah. and I'm sure that'll become more relevant later. But th- this scene here was just Larry's fear. Like it wasn't just because you know, because at least with a reporter, you could say. Oh, he's worried w- w- about what they might print, like you know, just you know, because what they're doing is not exactly legal. So right, it's it's one of those things where okay, I get why he's concerned about that. You, you never know where this investigation could go for him. Yeah, personally. But seeing this and seeing his fear here, it's like no, this is a concern that she's going to start thinking she's bigger than what he thinks she is. And if she is bigger than what he thinks she is, that's kind of the point, is it? Yeah, he knows is. that as well. But yeah. it's it's that's that's kind of the whole thing with these pimps where they know that they're intentionally keeping them down and then they're doing it because they can. And that, that, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, it's almost a commentary on just kind of the world in general is the idea of, like, w- you know, women not being given equal jobs and equal pay and equal... You know, it's like... Mm. You, know, it's, you know, you could go into a lot of political talk about that kind of side of things and I think the show is kind of commenting on that. So prostitution is almost a microcosm of that, of, like, it men is, yeah. keeping themselves in power and, like, playing down the power of uh, the female side of the planet. But... I think here uh, you can really see it. And earlier scenes with with Darlene in this episode, we see she's with the old guy again, and she she's watching another movie and she falls asleep and she wakes up and you know he's pissed again that she's been so late. He's actually mm-hmm. went home and came back out with the car. Yeah, and he's so pissed. And she comes up and she actually and we see and this is the thing she's become maybe the most likable character on the entire show. Certainly the the one we sympathise with probably the most because. The, the old man's asleep and she goes to his wallet and she takes the exact amount she's owed for one yeah. session and no more. That's it. And, and like you can see it, she looks at the rest of it and then mm. just puts it back. She puts it back in. And when she goes to Larry, he's like, what, you didn't get any extra for this? And she's like, well, no, because I owed him for getting double last time. She stayed true to her word. She never took it yeah. even though... She could have justified it to herself. Like, oh, I've been here all night. Like, yeah, she could have taken the whole lot and, you know, like she could have done she could have done, it, but she didn't. It's and this is the thing. I think it shows strength of character as well. When she sits in front of Larry, she says, "Right, let's just let's do this. I know what you need to do. Just do it. I messed up. Let's get it yeah. done." That's what she says, and he doesn't actually do it. And it, I think it is almost like she's too strong. Like, it almost means nothing if she's just willing yeah, to it, take it. Yeah, it's this idea. If it, it's it's got no power, if if it's not. Uh, if it's not a threat anymore, it's yeah. just a, this is just the part of the day. Then what's the point? And it almost makes him feel weak, and that's why he drops his glasses and he says, pick them up. He wants to make himself feel better, so he makes her do that in front of him and to feel powerful again, but honestly, he's scared. He's terrified. Oh, 
that she is realizing that she is too strong for this and she will abandon him. Um, I, I, I think, Maritime. and I'm a little bit worried where this is going to go because I think there's two outcomes of this start story, right? One outcome is that it'll be really uplifting because she will break away and she will eventually get out into something else, and she will, you know, we'll see her become a, you know, a sort of more well-refined person. The other side of this is that she'll try to do that, and it will end in a very dark way for her. And it might be, yeah, most, that's. It could it could be the most soul-destroying thing that could happen yeah. in the show. And, and and do you know what the worst part is? I feel like it's more likely to go that way. It is. I I have hope, but. I'm, I am definitely I'm, concerned. I'm, pre- I'm already preparing myself for for the worst. But like I say, she is, she is kind of the most likable one. Which so is far. why I think it will go the, the dark yeah. way. Because no. it's like, okay, she's the one you like. That's the one that hurts. Yeah, and as to say that, you know, Vincent's somewhat likable, as is uh, Candy. She's pretty likable. But Darlene's, oh. you know, oddly seems like the most innocent because she's not even... Because both of those characters... You know, Vincent's not a perfect person. Candy's not a perfect person. Do you know what I think it is? I think the other two, they're both uh, business motivated. They're, yeah. Whereas she's not. She's not doing this. Because, like, again, she could have taken extra money. But she's not about that. She's not there for yeah. just getting money. Okay, so we have... Uh, who who do we have left here? So Rudy had some extra stuff in this episode. He went to see a lawyer. Uh, and they seem to be setting something up. They're looking at maps. They're looking at, sort of, uh, buildings and districts and streets and things. And they also get to see their boss as well, sort of higher up the food chain, uh, who approves said deal to go through. So, obviously, getting this bar in this location seems to be part of this, uh, I would say. Yeah, and when they were looking at the plans, they mentioned the juice, which obviously we know is the the theatre. So, maybe something to do with that. Maybe that's where the showing of the the porn comes into it. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But it seems like they really want to take over a couple of blocks here and kind of do something with them. Uh, and I definitely think this is related to... It's only one small scene, actually, but uh, the police officers we've, we've had are, are regular characters uh, there. They're basically told, yeah, these few streets are off-limits now for your regular arrests. Like, yeah, yeah unless see, it's really bad. Yeah, if you see something like, like someone's been murdered, sure, step in and do your thing. But basically what they're saying is, you do not pick up drug deals and prostitutes from the, these streets. That's basically yeah. what they've been told. Um, and they're like, wait, why? Like, who... Because the guy clearly says this is not official, it's not going to be on any of the forms or documents or the, the roll call at the start of the night or anything like that, but it's it's for real. And it's, and you can say, okay, and they know what this means, they know that this means someone's paying someone off to, for them not yeah. to do something. They, they're, you know, they're not idiots, they know that's what it is. But they're like, but who is doing this? Like, what, why? Like, yeah. did, did the pimps like all have a whip round and like chip in to do this? Like, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and that's why you know it's higher up the food chain. You know it's more likely linked mm. to Rudy and that side of things. So, yeah, makes sense. So that, that's some interesting stuff going down the path uh, for later on. I do wonder on the the reasons. Uh, I mean, mm. what, one possible reason I'm wondering is, you know, leave it so that the the area seems worse, crime gets out of hand, you know, drives down the value, so that they can just buy it all cheap. Yeah, maybe because we've we've talked a lot about. Uh, well, not talked a lot about, it, but it's definitely been mentioned in the previous episodes. There's been comments from characters about the state of the neighborhoods. Mm. Uh, I remember yeah, Rudy, Rudy himself mentioned it. Yeah. yeah, Rudy and Vincent talking about it, and I think that's definitely playing a factor here. Like either they want to clear up another area, so they're going to make this area look worse, or mm. they're going to run down the area they want to control, so it's cheap enough to buy everything. <laughs> yeah, buy it all and then make it better from there. Yeah. So. No, but certainly there's a long game being played mm, here. Um, I, I think is that all the characters? Have, have I missed any of the main 
plots just uh, before I go into my wrap up uh, points that I wanted to make? Um, I don't think so. But is it, again, it's, it's it's bouncing around so many characters. I worry that I'm just forgetting yeah, one. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to keep track when they don't necessarily all link together. Yeah, I, I think I have though. I, th- I think I have. So I want to just tell a little bit about the end because it ends with this sort of the morning after they're all finishing their their first late shift at the barn. They're all sort of coming out and Vincent's kind of like saying thanks to all of them as they're leaving. Uh, you know, to make his new bouncer to the other guys who work there. You know, they get the guy who was already a bartender who still seems to be a regular bartender there who's working there. Yeah. Everyone's like, and it's you know, it's you know, just after dawn. It's that kind of early morning kind of glow to it. And he has this little interaction with with Abby. He's like, "Oh, do you want to get breakfast?" And she's like, oh, "I'll take a rain check." And they, they exchange a little sort of joke back and forth. He's like, "Oh, no, I'll give you the rain check." Doesn't make sense, does it? And then she walks off, but she looks over her shoulder, and he sort of stares at her. She walks off, and it's like, "Okay, right, so we're starting this this relationship yeah. here." Um, and like I was saying earlier, actually, about her be, being there and interacting, because we talked about her and Darlene, but just her, like, at one point, CC tries to talk to her. Which I assume I've mm. not spoken about actually. CC and uh, Laurie. Not, to, not talked about them. Wasn't a big thing, but we'll get to them in a minute. Yeah. But you know, he tries to almost start his pitch with her, <laughs> and she's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's not having any of it." Yeah, please. Um, but again, it's it's nice to see her interact with those characters and how because so far we've only seen CC interact with people who would go for the pitch or would listen to him or would entertain him. Yeah. And just on that, I noticed again. Abby mentioned when she came in, she was talking about an accounting job, you know, she's working the books. I think that's more like where she's going to go once it gets yeah. into the porn stuff. You know, she's going to get onto that side of things. Yeah, I think that's what she wanted. I mean, if Vincent is even the one who goes into the porn side of things, because like, right now it feels like... No, that's true. It seems, you know, uh, going the other way. Because I, I, I do think, even though the title is the title of the theatre, I do think there's going to be a double meaning somewhere. Yeah. You know, because obviously it means two. It means, you know... I'm thinking like a two birds, one stone kind of thing at some point. Sure. Is, Makes you know, sense. What the double meaning of the title will be, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but just you now, this final moment is, you know, Vincent stares off and then he walks down the street and the camera starts to come up and it's like, I really feel like this was the end of Act 1 of the season. This mm. was where it kind of set everything up. They have the bar up and running. It really kind of felt like, okay, a lot of the characters have interacted. Connor sneezing. Um... And it just, it really felt like this sort of ending to the, a three-episode kind of set-up arc. That's what it really felt no, it like No, it did. It kind of feels like, okay, everyone's together now. Like, like you, you mentioned back at the start how the bar feels like this is home ground. Yeah. And it feels like, okay, now we have our base. This is, everything's together at the start. This is it. We can move on from here now. This is where things move out again. And I think that's smart. I think, you know, you've, we've got eight episodes, three to set up, and then does that mean you know, two middle or two at the end with three in the middle, whatever, but like mm. if we were going to split it into like a sort of three act structure of the season, this definitely feels like the end of act one. Uh, yes. You know, this, is, this is kind of, we've set up the status quo, this is what it is. Uh, so yeah, to just to piggyback a little bit to uh, uh, CC and Laurie, not, not a whole, whole bunch, but that said, the title of the episode does come from her, her section of the, the episode. Which is she's basically doing the sort of the cheaper, <laughs> the cheaper option, which is the the thirty dollar blowjobs in the tunnel between Jersey. That that's that's what's yeah. happening, and she's going back and forth, and she has this, this interaction with this guy, who she she haggled up the price. She justified her price because of the the how much the round trip would take. But then he's upset when they get to the other end, and she just gets out there. It's like no, you're working both ends. Like why does the trip matter? Yeah. Because you're you're just you're just going back and forth, uh, and she's like, no, no, but you know, 
like you know the, the back the way is uh, busier and she's like why not charge the other guy then the guy who's going mm. back that way and she's like clearly it's like yeah no well i'll do you both yeah um and he's like it's the principle that matters though that's the point it's the principle um uh, you know it's, it's again it's, it's one of these things we talked a lot about last week how when the girls were arguing about royalties or they didn't yeah. use that word obviously but we said that's essentially what they were talking about it's kind of like Oh, this is a really mundane... Like, you expect this in, like, a restaurant when they've overcharged for something that you didn't quite ask for. Yeah. And even though it was technically on the table, you're like, no, it's the principle of the matter. I did not order that. Like... Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels that mundane, but it happens to be a conversation with a prostitute. Yes. And again, I think... This is what it is, because yeah. the guy is kind of in the right. It's like, yeah, this should have cost 20. It always costs 20. And you justified 30, but the reason for justifying it doesn't really apply to me. So, should have been 20. But at the same time, it's like, well, you agreed on the price. Tough shit. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's sketchy because she, she sort of justifies it to him. If she just said, well, I charged 30, then it's up to him at that point. Does he accept 30 is the price and take the offer? Yeah, yeah but it's the, way, it's, it's the way that yeah. she blames the trip back is going to take yeah. longer for the extra but I just, I just think it's interesting how it becomes this almost mundane discussion mm. about such a non-mundane thing. Yeah, and, and it's the way she's like, yeah, I, you know, I just had your dick in my mouth. You're really going to complain about $10? I'm, I'm going to edit that bit out and just... No, of course. Use it. I'll send it out as a ringtone if people want to use that. Um, oh, I'm sure there's plenty of things that people can take for well, what you've said. Probably. probably but, Go but... watch the comics podcast. The amount of times that you say something that is just perfect for cutting out. Sure, but that one just stuck out to me more more than any, and I feel like this will happen a lot in this show because we're quoting prostitutes. There's there's bound to be yeah, a lot. There's of no way that, around it, is there? There's going to be a lot of sentences that just sound really weird out of context. Uh, but of course, the other big thing here is that uh, she comes back and Cece kind of like, yeah, you, why are you doing this whole tunnel thing? Like, you are better than this. You can make more money. You can get regulars. Um, and it's basically all boils down. She's scared to like go go into rooms alone with these guys after what happened in the last episode. She's still shaken by it, um, and he's trying to like convince her. No, this is not. And again, it's that kind of thing where he's being very nice about it. This is the best thing for you, but you can kind of tell if you don't, I'm going to cut you. Like that's under the under the subtext. Pretty much, but she doesn't quite get that yet. Not probably not yet. No, but certainly it feels like it's it's, it's driving that way. So. Yeah. Um, but no, so that was everyone, right? Not yeah, missed anyone I'm, now. I'm pretty sure we got everyone now. Yeah, there we go. Good. That, that, that was episode three of the Deuce. Yeah. I did. Um, I did notice this one was actually directed by Franco as well. I did notice that as well. And I was like, titles. "Damn, this guy is so heavily involved in this show." But two characters. Know, yeah, two characters and directing. How, like, how do you direct a scene with yourself as two characters in it? That that is so weird. <laughs> it's it's yeah. at that point you're like. Like obviously, there's some lighting people and you've got a DP on set, but you're basically doing all this stuff in the scene yourself. <laughs> you're directing, yeah, you're doing all and, the parts. <laughs> and I'd say two thirds of, of when he was on screen, it was both of them together were, were there. Yeah. In this oh, man. You, you've got to trust, trust some of the crew to keep you right on a lot of things there, I would imagine. But, but I actually thought a lot of the yeah. direction in this was really nice. Uh, you know, oh, there's, the, the, there's the shot in the bar where it pans over really nicely between them. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the shot at the end. It felt very climactic, like it was the end of this first act of the show. Yeah, uh, you know, and it really felt that way. I, I think he did a good job, and I've I, never, I, I've never known him to direct things. I'm sure he has probably done some episodes. Yeah, of stuff before, that, that's but... why I thought I'd bring it up because I was like, okay, 
he's clearly very invested in this show. Yeah, um, so, so and it stood out as actually being quite good. And shows Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal's a producer, like not an executive. She's a producer, producer. Oh, okay. So yeah, real, real putting her money where the mouth is. Um, so I think both of them, for the, for them, it's like, oh, we this is our baby. Like, yeah, we've got the guys who did the wire to write it, so we know the quality's good. But this is our baby, where we get to. This is our, mm. you know, our footprint. Yeah, on this. definitely feels that way. Um, but which is working out. They're both putting in good performances, and we're getting good TV out of it. So I'm not going to complain. Can't help but say this is a this is some great TV, and obviously it's nice to know we got a season two coming. Yes, yes, the renewals happened already. Yeah, so we can get some long game on the on this. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to guess and say that they were fairly confident, and they kind of had their. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess there's like a five season plan for this, probably. Yeah, it feels like nicely in that four to six range, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, you know, if, if they're doing eight episodes a season, that's a very tight five seasons as well, because like, mm. you know, I mean, that, that's what thirty episodes for the whole thing. Forty. Forty. You're right. <laughs> Forty. My math is terrible. That was atrocious. <laughs> that was terrible, right? But like, my point being is that's a very tight show. If it's only forty episodes total, that's yeah, it's not that much, really, is it? No, um, and that's cool. That's exciting. So. I I am um, yeah so no episode three um I, I think out of the three so far this one might have been the least exciting on its own but yeah, it worked because very... everything was just okay here's more of this here's the continuation yeah. but it doesn't have any big standout moments the big standout moment I think was Candy getting scared of Mike like that was the moment for me it was like, oh yeah. this is something really different from what we've had so far whereas the rest of it it was like yeah it was more of the plots we'd already set up but that wasn't that's not a negative against it it's just I think it's really notable there that you know the big moment for you was one of the one of the few moments with the brand new character for this episode as well. Mm. It was something new rather than a continuation of anything. Yeah, that said, I am excited about where everything else is going now. Now that we've set things up, and me too. Yes, and I'm convinced that Frankie's going to screw everything up for Vincent. He's going to drag him down by pissing off the wrong person. I can just I can sense it coming. Yeah. Um. So that is the just episode episode 3, let us know what you think of it in the comments below, like, subscribe, all that stuff get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to do that if you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv, you can do that over there but otherwise that is us, so thank you once again for watching, keep watching TV we'll see you next time, have you got any vanilla?